Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Mike Rosenberg from Columbia Credit Union. Mike says they trust what they see and hear on OPB, and that aligns with Columbia Credit Union's brand. This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. Pacific Seafood, a seafood processing company based in Oregon, owns more than 40 facilities across 11 states. They are a major force in the fish, crab, and shrimp industry up and down the West Coast. Brand Little is not a major force. He's a fisherman based out of San Francisco. He says Pacific Seafood has too much power and is able to both dictate the price offered for crabs and exert influence on the start date of the crabbing season. He filed a lawsuit against Pacific Seafood earlier this year. He joins us now along with his lawyer, Stuart Gross. I should note that we invited Pacific Seafood to join us. They declined because of the ongoing lawsuit, but they did send us a statement, and I'm going to read part of that in just a bit. Brand Little and Stuart Gross, welcome. Thank you. Good afternoon. Brand, to start with you, I feel like to understand this issue, we need a grounding in how the Dungeness market actually works, and starting before the season opens. What goes into the decision to actually open the season? So the season has a, a, a structured opening date. It has a statutory opening date. There are uh, outside influences as far as quality uh, fill percentage in the crab. Um, there's some quality tests that are done. After those tests are satisfied, we get to go ahead from the state of either Oregon or California in my case. And then we try to negotiate a price with our local buyers on what we're willing to fish for. And, uh, that's kind of how the season gets started, you know. And so, and how does that negotiation work with the buyers? So that negotiation, we have associations, uh, you know, to protect ourselves, and we talk about as uh, internally as a fleet inside our marketing associations, what are we willing to fish for? And you know, in past years, it's been around you know three fifty is what we'd like to get. We then individually go to our individual buyers or the people that actually buy our products, the wholesalers, and we say this is what the fleet would like to get. Um, and, and we come to terms, nobody goes until we all have a price. We're a very tight knit group. And so we stand together until we all have the price that we decided, uh, is, is what we need. And what's at stake in that? I mean, what, what happens if, if the buyers say, we want to give you X price, but you think it's too low? So we, you know, we have to have that struggle. We watch market conditions. We watch, you know, everything that's going on. We watch, you know, what other states or regions or different types of products. And, and we try to find a fair point. The problem that we run up against is it is a very quick and fast harvest and it's a very limited window. So there's some leverage on the other side of this where they can hold out a little bit more knowing that our time's running out and we can't afford to, to you know, stand firm on what we, what we want to see for the product. Can you explain the difference here in, in the market in terms of live crab and the price that you're, um, that you're negotiating over selling live crab, say, in, in December or January and frozen ones? So we all have different, you know, there's, there's vessels that are, that are, you know, little tiny that you wouldn't 
think it's much more than what you would see on your local lake that fish commercial Dungeness crab all the way up to multi-million dollar factory uh, operations and everybody has a different model you know some of these some of these guys make a healthy living going out and harvesting hundreds of pounds of crab at a time and selling them live on the market for premium values to the consumer while others are operating at a much larger level, fishing, fishing for major companies and, and packing the freezers. And unfortunately, the smaller guys and, and even the mid-sized guys uh, were affected and were not allowed to access our markets because we're b- being told by our local buyers that they can't give us a price. And that, to us, is, is, is the biggest issue. It's like, why can't my local buyer give me a price? What is going on here? Well, what, so and what exactly are you alleging that Pacific Seafood is doing? So, so our big allegation is that, you know, because they've gained the market share that they have, because they're so tightly knit in with, with the small local processors, our local processors are afraid to even talk price with us. When, when I'm a commercial fisherman, I have a product that, that my buyer says he has a, a public that's clamoring for, you know, it's just getting ready to open. Everybody wants it. And I go to him and I say, Hey, let's talk price. And they say, we got to wait to hear what the price is. I'm like, what does that mean? I don't get that. I sell to you. You say you have customers. How come we can't talk price? And and what we're alleging is that our local processors, our small mom and pops all up and down the coast, the guys that I fish for, are afraid to step out of line uh, because of what might result from doing so. So so instead of me negotiating with you as a, as a buyer of my product, I'm now waiting for him to be told what he should be paying. And that's not fair trade. Stuart Gross, what are you alleging is actually illegal about what Pacific Seafood is doing? So there's illegality in, in two uh, realms. So the first realm is, is the abuse of its market position and how it attained that market position. So we have what's called a monopsony claim. That is a monopoly uh, claim against someone who operates or who fits in the position as a buyer uh, as opposed to a seller. A seller would be a monopoly. We also allege that as Brand was discussing here, that what there is is concerted action between Pacific Seafood and the other buyers, in large part, it appears coerced, where essentially Pacific Seafood is fixing the price and the other buyers are then only offering that price. We allege that that is a violation of the Sherman Act, Section 1, the illegal monopsonization and alleged or attempted monopsonization is a violation of Section 2. We're also bringing claims under the California Cartwright Act and other California laws. So essentially, it boils down to Pacific Seafood, through a series of abusive actions, has placed itself in the position where it is able to illegally control the market, the wholesale input market for Dungeness Crab, and is doing so to the detriment of commercial fishermen like Mr. Little. I want to read a part of Pacific Seafood statement that they sent to us this morning. They wrote, The legal complaint on file with the court is a long, repetitive, sloppy document filled with antitrust buzzwords, but no substance. 
The content demonstrates a profound lack of familiarity with the commercial Dungeness crab industry, and much of it does not make logical sense. The allegations about Pacific are outright lies. Stuart Gross, I'd like to give you a chance to respond. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, I, I, I saw that statement. It was forwarded to me by another outlet right before the show. Um, the personal attacks in that statement against both myself and Mr. Little, uh, they're false and they're baseless. Um, but fundamentally, I'm gratified to see it. Um, what it indicates is that Pacific Seafood is concerned about the threat that the lawsuit poses to their illegal conduct. And so we look forward to proving our case in court. And this sort of personal attacks and unfounded allegations made by a defendant against both the plaintiff and the attorney generally indicates that a defendant is concerned about the merits. So um, well, let, let's turn to the merits. There's another line that they sent to us in the statement that, that it's this, none of the more than 600 independent commercial fishing vessels that deliver to Pacific are involved in Mr. Gross's lawsuit. Has, have any fishermen joined this suit? So this is a putative class action. So those commercial fishermen are putative class members. Uh, the when the class is certified in the lawsuit, they will become uh, members of the class unless they decide to opt out. Now, there's allegations in the complaint that are well-founded that Pacific Seafood exerts illegal control over the boats that sell to it. And that Pacific Seafood is well-known for punishing any commercial fishermen or any person involved in commercial fisheries that crosses them. Uh, Mr. Little himself experienced this when, at the beginning of the last season when he was blackballed by Pacific Seafood as well as other buyers under their control for protesting Pacific Seafood's manipulation of the market. So. Pacific Seafood's self-serving statement that none of the 600 uh, boats that they work with are part of the lawsuit, it's not technically correct because they're all putative class members, but it's also indicative of the kind of control that Pacific Seafood exerts here. Brent Little, for years on this show and in a lot of other media, we've heard about delays in the opening of the crab season often because of demoic acid um, or shell size or, or the size of, of the meat in the shell. How do you separate those objective metrics that, that, that have delayed opening from what you're alleging on the part of Pacific Seafood? Well, per perfect example is this, this last year. You know, we got the all clear. And for us in California, it's it's a threefold. It's demoic and quality, but we also have whales. And in trying to mitigate whale entanglement, we're, we're delaying our seasons longer and longer waiting for the migration. We had all three components cleared for a January 1 start date, which, you know, we start the price negotiations. It's like we got the all ready, we're all clear. It's January 1. Let's talk price. And at the time, I actually was signed up to fish for Pacific Seafoods. They acquired a buyer that I was committed to, uh, Pozzolo Fisheries, and 
I was going to fish for them. And I went in to talk price and they said, we don't have a price. I go, what do you mean we don't have a price? I, I, I'm also a customer of theirs. I buy whole cooked crab from them. And, and literally five days prior, they sold me crab for $15 a pound. $15 a pound for whole cooked crab. I said, what do you mean you don't have a price? I mean, you're selling me and other people crab for $15 a pound. They said, we just don't have a price. Well, to me, what that translates into is we don't want the crab yet. Our freezers are still full. And so we finally decided for the first time in an unprecedented um, event, the fleet decided to go without a price. We had no price, but we said, we're going fishing anyway. We're going to let the chips fall where we may. Pacific Seafoods was extremely upset, and Joe Sincata made the statement to all of the boats that fish for them in a room, I can't believe you guys are doing this. We'll try to get you a dollar or something. And to me, that was the breaking point. You literally just sold me crab at $15 three days ago, and today you're telling me you'll try to give me a dollar if we decide to untie the boats after we've been waiting six weeks to go get the season started? Stuart Gross, before, before I say goodbye, can you outline the solution that you're seeking? If I understand correctly, it's that you're calling for this Clackamas-based company, Pacific Seafoods, to to be broken up. Well, in an essence, yes. I mean, I think there's two areas of relief we're looking for. Uh, one area of relief is to get commercial fishermen like Mr. Little and others compensated for the injury that they've suffered uh, over the last years. The other, though, is yes, to, to get Pacific Seafood to divest from some of its processing capacity. As alleged in the complaint, fundamental to Pacific Seafood's ability to exert the, the legal control that they've been able to is they are the only non-de minimis Dungeness crab processor on the West Coast. And they've done that by acquiring and many times shutting down competing processors. So those assets need to be placed in hands other than Pacific Seafood, at least some of them, so that there is actually fair and legal competition in the market. Stuart Gross and Brand Little, thanks very much. Thank you. Brand Little is a crab fisherman based in San Francisco who is suing Pacific Seafoods. Stuart Gross is his lawyer.